came to see me bash, bash Mike Todd, you're going to be disappointed. If you're a Mike Todd fan, you're probably going to be disappointed. I'm just going to upset everybody. This is good. So like, he this- knows how to be. Now, I don't think someone has to go to Bible college or seminary to have a church. And, and so we can go down to do who do we give the title pastor to? Jerusalem getting riled up is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's also it's cool. I know you guys are enjoying your content. It's funny. I was doing this video as a here's some more context and I'm believing the best. That's what the point of the video was. The chat turned into, ah, you're hating and being negative, which I don't think this was a negative video. There was only acknowledging that he did the right thing here and, and acknowledging that Bruce Lawn. I'm going to do my best with this conversation to just say, hey, he's finally admitted something many of us have known for a while. Two things. I'm going to attempt to give, this is going to sound weird, unapologetic for what I think he may mean. I saw this on my brother K-Dub's channel, okay? Mike, Mike Todd said some things that I think were really good, and I think K-Dub did a good job answering them, taking them back to the scriptures. We're, I'm going to open with that clip, and then I'm going to show you guys another clip where Mike Todd says something that, 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 that's even more transparent that I'm actually like, yo, he kind of nailed it. From this from the six-minute mark at a message he preached in, in Hope City. And, I, and I'll also be honest with you guys why I am uh, hopeful in some regards, right? So this isn't going to be like a... Bash Mike Todd video, and this isn't gonna be Mike Todd is great. Okay. If you if you if you came to see me bash bash Mike Todd, you're gonna be disappointed. If you came to if you're a Mike Todd fan, you're probably gonna be disappointed. I'm just gonna upset everybody. Okay. And I'll save towards the end in terms of why I'm really hopeful. And despite popular opinion, I like Mike Todd. Like I like his personality. I enjoy the way he communicates. Yes, some of the props and some of the illustrations could be over the top, but generally speaking, I enjoy Mike Todd. And, and I'm gonna tell you a really long story in like a really short amount of time. So me and my wife started pastoring a church called Transformation Church, but it wasn't Transformation Church. At first, it was a church called Greenwood Christian Center, and a white gentleman went to the hood to plant a church because he heard about what happened with the race riots in 1921, which really was a race massacre. You can look it up if you need to. And, and, and what ended up happening is he said, go to the hood and start a church. And that white gentleman was like, you sure me? And he was like, yep, I want you to go there and plant it. So he leads that church for 16 years, and then he sees me. And he was like, you should be the pastor of the church. I I was like, you didn't hear from God. And Notice his initial reaction to this proposition to take over a church in, uh, you know, this, this part of Tulsa. Which, by the way, uh, shout out to whoever, I forgot his name, the gentleman is, whoever this was, um, shout out for his heart. Because I think this is, this is a good thing. You know what I mean? So anyway, like, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm supposed to do this. And God confirmed it to me. And it was so crazy. And I need to encourage somebody with this right now because I wasn't qualified. I had six months of high quality Tulsa, communica- Tulsa Community College education. I'm- so Mike Todd admits he wasn't qualified to plant a church. I've never heard him admit this before. So that's a, that's a W, that he has the self-awareness to say, I wasn't qualified. Now, I don't think someone has to go to Bible college or seminary to have a church. I don't, I don't think that. Matter of fact, my pastor has never gone to Bible college or seminary. I know quite a few pastors that have never gone to Bible college or seminary. And I know quite a few pastors that have. I don't think that's the breaking point of whether someone can or can't be a pastor. I'm not playing that game. Okay? But he says, I wasn't qualified. Now, what he does here is he he kind of conflates two ideas in a second. Okay? So so listen to kind of what he does. And and, and I'll address it. And then again, I'm going to give you guys my optimism later. Just just stick towards the end. If you're like a Mike Todd's my guy guy, just stay towards the end. Okay. Okay, And and God said, I called you because I used the foolish things to confound the wise. And there's some people that don't think they can do what God has asked them to do because they're not qualified. But God never calls qualified people. He only qualifies people that answer the call. And so I answered. Now, so here, okay. 
he has Mike again, love his brother's heart. He has this issue of speaking with a, a, a in a very hyperbolic means where everything is very binary. Right? Everything is just very, very, very binary and hyperbolic. And when he first came on my radar, and I did a video about this years ago, where Mike Todd said, all ambition is evil. In the actual passages, that selfish ambition is evil. And so out the gate, I remember hearing about 2017, 2018, when he first went viral, someone, it's like, all ambition, he, he, he makes these like really radical, hyperbolic statements. Cake and steak are the same thing. No, they're not. They're not the same on a glycendic, glycendex index. They're not the same in macronutrients. Not the same to what they do with their body. Not the same to what they do with your blood sugar. They're not the same. So, so he, he speaks in hyperbole, excuse me, which a lot of communicators do, right? It's like a Gary Vee thing. You know how Gary Vee just speaks in hyperbole, right? I understand it as a communicator, but the statement... Let's listen to the same people again. that don't think they can do what God has asked them to do because they're not qualified. But God never calls qualified people. He only qualifies people that answer the call. God never calls qualified people. God never calls someone who went to seminary to, to get qualified. God never calls someone who desires to be an elder and meet the requirements of right, these are like these are words we should just never say, and that's a popular phrase. You know, God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the called. Right? It's a popular phrase. We hear it all the time. Okay, so God never, never. He could have He could have just used it as a principle because, scripturally speaking, if you are an elder, there are certain qualifications you have to meet. We, we, we'll look at them here in a second. Right? You're talking about First Timothy three, Titus. Right, they're just they're basic, basic stuff, right? But let, let me let me let me. And so I answered the call to go into ministry, started walking in this season, and then God was like, Yeah, pastor the church. Well, started pastoring the church, and then this little um series we did called Relationship Goals, it went viral. And then when 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 relationship goals went viral, people watching it on YouTube, and the people that lived in Tulsa that didn't know we was in Tulsa started finding out we was in Tulsa, and so they started coming to the church. Thank you, YouTube. And so we went from one service to five services in 10 months. They was trying to kill me. And I was like, I'm not about to do this. Like, this ain't no long-term solution. And God was like, I already gave you the plan. Um, and, and I was like, you already gave me the plan. And I went back in my notes because I get vision from God and I'll just write stuff down. It sounds crazy until it happens. And so I'm sitting in my daughter's room on 37 days after I become the lead pastor of this church. And we don't got no money, no people, people, like 250 people coming and they choosing every time. I don't like his outfit. I ain't coming back. So it was. So I was up on Mike Todd around this time, like early, early, early. Because I got friends in Tulsa, Right. So I was up on Mike Todd very, very early. Now, what he goes on to say is that— let me Like this really here. weird situation, and God said, you're going to own the Spirit Bank Event Center in this city. Well, the Spirit Bank Event Center was a building that was built for $58 million. So he tells this story where basically he ends up getting the event center that's, that's worth $68 million, and he gets it for $10 million, and they pay it off in five months. Which, which is which is incredible. He he talks about how the church grew really fast, right? And so the the fallacy that's happening here repeatedly, and this happens a lot, and 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 we have to be careful of this, myself included, by the way, myself included. The fallacy is 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 pragmatism, okay? Pragmatism. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the idea that just because just because something worked, that therefore means that God was in it the whole time. You guys following along? Like, if I were to spend 
the rest of my YouTube career nitpicking Mike Todd, Joel Osteen, and Stephen Furtick sermons. And my channel rapidly exploded to a million subscribers. I, I would I would did not look back and say, well, it's clear God's hand is on it. I mean, look, I have a million subscribers, right? You don't measure if the Lord is in something based on whether it's pragmatic. This is what the world does. It's actually in the, from, from um, the laws of power, right? It's, it's the ends justify the means. The ends justify the means. So, 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 yeah, I know I wasn't qualified. I know I didn't meet the biblical requirements to be an elder per 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm not saying he said this, but it sounded like he said this. I want to put words in his mouth. Because, again, I'm going to play my Todd apologist towards the end of this video. I know I wasn't qualified, but God doesn't call. But God never calls the qualified. He, he qualifies the call. Shouldn't have said never. Generally speaking, you can use that as a principle, but not a good idea for pastoral leadership. That's not how that, that's not that, how that works right now. So, and then the logic that because something is big and popular, this is also called a bandwagon fallacy. Because something is big, because something is popular, because something worked, because, right, th this is literally the ends justify the means. Pragmatism. This is this is this is mafia. This is this is this is Machiavellian approach to how we do things in that world. And the world will always say, yeah, if the ends justify the means, then cool. Cool. Right? So we got to be very careful to say, hey, I am, I got 250,000 subscribers. The Lord gotta be in this. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's slow slow your roll. Like. I got to make sure that I'm solid with Jesus. I got to make sure that I'm doing my best to live out the requirements of someone that is here doing a form of teaching. James says very clearly, not many of you should not many of you should presume to be teachers because you'll be judged more strictly. I know what comes along with that. I have to be humble to receive correction from people that I may disagree with, right? Because when you slide into pragmatism, you get very you get into very dangerous and murky waters and that's kind of like the crux of that part right is like well because something is big therefore god is in it and it, i would just be careful i would just be careful with thinking like that in, in all of our lives myself included right myself included and this is by the way in terms of this is why i don't like making videos like this because if i really wanted to grow a, a fast platform i would just dunk on celebrity pastors all day and that would be the most direct path to a million subscribers if i'm honest with you guys just dunk on the world and dunk on celebrity pastors boom so we got to be very careful with the ends justify the means thinking now here are the requirements per titus and i won't spend too much time on this but you guys can read this for yourself right this is why i left you in crate so that you may uh you might put what uh remained into order and appoint elders in every town as i directed you so this is something that paul had a system for he wanted to do it in every town right this isn't this isn't the exception to the rule this is the rule okay if anyone is above reproach the husband of one wife and his children are believers and uh, not open to charge of debauchery and insurbination for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He, he doubles down there, which is really interesting, above reproach, right? Uh, blameless, basically. That's what that word means, blameless. You can't take something to him and it be it, th th there'll be blame there, right? Um, he must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunkard or violent or greedy, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also rebuke those who contradict it. When someone is becoming an elder 
uh, 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 overseer of a church. And again, I'm going to come back to that thought. That those are the requirements. That, that that is what it is. And it's also in First Timothy three. A little couple things there. Okay. And so when we talk about that sound in doctrine, right? Like Mike struggled to articulate very basic things. So in the first part of that clip. Um, and yes, he has, with regards to just his articulation of the Trinity, with regards to um, his articulation of tongues, with regards to butchering basic things like all ambition is evil, while he ironically built an ambitious online ministry with a mega platform and put out books, right? He said that, I quote, all ambition is evil, right? Not selfish ambition is evil, no. No, the Bible says all ambition is evil. He did that, right? So he, he's had a pattern of just being sloppy with, with, the, with the preaching. Now, I'm sure you guys another quote of something else he admitted, which, which again, I found this very refreshing. I was like, yo, this is, this is awesome that he admitted this because I wasn't expecting him to admit this. I spent many years of my Christian life quoting scriptures wrong because I know somebody's like, uh-uh, I'm looking it up right now. I know the Bible said that God will. So he says, I spent so many years of my life quoting scriptures wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. I'm not trying to be a jerk, right? But, like, this is refreshing. So I'll play the rest of the clip, okay? But scriptures wrong. Because I know somebody's like, uh-uh, I'm looking it up right now. I know the Bible says that God will give you the desires of your now heart. Now watch what he says the rest of this. Somewhere. Well, baby, you heard somebody say that, and you didn't actually read the scripture. Come let on, me take Mike. you to the scripture and give Come you revelation. The, the Bible does say something like that, but let me give you the context. He going to context. It says, delight yourself. In the Lord. Yeah. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me give you the passage remix, okay? When you choose to put yourself in the Lord, when you choose to put your plans in the Lord, when you choose to put your relationships in the Lord, when you choose to put your business plans in the Lord, then it says he will give your heart what it should desire. Not he's going to give you everything that's already in your heart that's ugly and is not like him. He's going to give you your heart's desire. He said, when you get surrounded by my will, my idea for you, when you get an accountability... And you like, this is good, right? The Bible this is that the heart is more deceitful than anything. The stuff I naturally want without God is self Come on. It's right. self-serving. It's Come on. And God he's crushing here. you got to come out of yourself and you've got to get... Delight yourself in the Lord. He says, I'll change the things in your heart and you'll start wanting the things I want. The admission is, I've spent many years of my Christian life using scripture out of context. <laughs> right? And then he goes on and does this like really solid breakdown of something that people say, God, give me the desires of my heart. Right? And then he takes it and he actually gives you the proper context. Kind of echoes uh, a lot of things. Your heart is deceitful above all else. Like, that's a solid thing, right? Like, delight in God, and he will give you the lives of your heart. This is something kind of Jesus echoes in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added on to you. This is this is good. Like, this is, this is great. This is good. So he knows how to be in context when he—I don't know if it's a pre preparation thing. I don't know what it is. But the fact that he admitted that, hey, man, like, I, I've done this. The fact that he's admitted that I am, I've been unqualified, respect. Like that's, praise God, that's awesome, right? Now, here is the flip side of, of, of this argument. And this is me being Mike, Mike Todd apologist, okay? So all the Mike Todd fans, you guys will appreciate this. What I think is happening 
is that when Mike Todd, and this is just me giving him the benefit of the doubt, okay, when I think it's happening is that when Mike Todd reads Titus chapter 1 or 1 Timothy chapter 3, I think he sees those passages for an elder, overseer, bishop as, you may not know I make music, but I have a brand new song that just came out. Here's a quick preview. I went from being a porn addict to sharing the gospel with a porn actress who was criticized for being low status by the same OnlyFans who treat us so lavish. I'm confused. I swear y'all thought he did doing podcasts, hot takes. He still can rap. Now, this is my first song that I've released in over a year. So I need you to go to Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you consume music and stream too soon right now. Add it to your favorite playlist, share it with a friend. So hit the link in the description or go to ruslantothemoon.com to stream too soon now. I'll see you over there. Ooh, ooh. Oh, they got me with the dramatics. You know that a moment cannot be static too soon. Ruslan. I think he sees those passages for an elder overseer bishop as not the same as the lead pastor of a church. I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying what I think is happening is he's saying elder, overseer, and bishop, and he's and it's not put in the same category of lead pastor of a church. I'll give you an example. When you have elders and you have pastors of a church, you also have youth pastors, lowercase p, right? Lowercase p. You might have a worship pastor. You might have a fill-in-the-blank women's pastor. I know that's a controversial one, right? I know that's a controversial one. So what I'm saying is, I think in his paradigm, maybe in his tradition, in terms of the, the type of the scope he's coming from, is that it's not it's not, it's not that he's viewing these as these are the requirements for me to be the lead pastor of a church. Is I think that they view it as there are bishops, because that word also translates to bishop, or elders who oversee churches, and those are the people that are to meet those requirements, not necessarily communicators, Right? So, so the word pastor is more in a, more viewed as like a, a a speaking pastor, if you will, not an elder, right? And so I think it, it, it may be a, a disconnect on what that word means, you know. And, and so we can go down to do who do we give the title pastor to? And and it, does every time the word pastor used, does it have to be used interchangeably with overseer bishop? This will come down to your denominational framework. Okay, I would say from the reading of Scripture that, yes, a pastor elder should be the overseer bishop of a church. That's how, that's how I see it, from everything I know in Scripture. There are other people who do not look at it as such. There are other denominations that don't look at it as such. There are other uh, churches that don't look at it as such. Well, they will have a junior high pastor who's 21 years old. That fool is not an elder. That fool does not meet those requirements. He is a kid. Okay? He does not meet any of those requirements, yet he has a faux pastor title before his name, and he doesn't meet those requirements. He's not living above reproach. He's not sound in doctrine yet. He's teaching the junior high kids about the basics of the gospel. Praise God. 
And so some, some of you guys will say, no, you shouldn't do that. That You could call him a youth leader, right? Here we're going to get into some denominational disagreements, right? Th is this making sense? So I'm not saying this is right. I'm saying I, I think that that is his position in the same way that churches would use that title loosely. I don't think Mike Todd will say, I am a uh, uh, elder of my church. He's 33, 34 years old. But no, seminary is not required. No, Bible college is not required. No, I'm not saying those things. But I do think if you're going to go be a church planter, if you're going to take over a church, if you're going to re rejuvenate a church, that, that happens to any of those things. I believe in just about any other camp. If you're going to go through SBC, if you're going to go... You got to meet those requirements. You got to meet those requirements. And, and so, and I think the people that were that are over him would say, okay, he's going to grow into this role that he has. And yes, I believe Tim Ross, who's a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, is one of those overseers and will probably be viewed as an elder over Mike Todd, as well as a bunch of other churches. So then we get into denominational semantics. Doesn't justify the sloppy things he said from the pulpit, but it does mean and I and why I am hopeful is that there are people there that have his ear. There are people there that have his ear. And though I do not ascribe to, you know, change, look at the lives he's changed. Look at the people impacted. Look at the big building. Look at how many people watch online. I don't. I don't ascribe to and justify the means thinking. I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that's biblical. I think how th something is done is just as important as why something is just is done is just as important as what is done. God can use all kinds of means. God's used all kinds of teachers um, to, to speak to me. The church I got saved at just recently came to an end. Not the church I go to, but the church I got saved at. And it was not, it was not, it was not good. And it was a lot of people that got hurt in the process. And the pastor was power hungry and didn't have any accountability and just drove his church into the ground. God still used that to reveal himself to me. God still used a very fluffy, superficial surface message every Sunday accepting Jesus into my heart, putting up the hand, saying the prayer every Sunday. God still used a very flawed church that ended up, and at the end, hurting a lot of people, losing their building. God still, God would use uh, uh, crooked sticks to make straight lines all the time. I think God can still use it, even though I think there's some things that need to be adjusted. How are these things happening? Who is the elder board? Who are his deacons? And as I'm finding out, there's elders, Maybe not in proximity with them. I go, man, that's a W, praise God. I don't think, I, 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 don't, I, I don't put Mike Todd in the category of um, wolf in sheep's clothing. I don't do that, right? Um, I, I don't put him in the category of some of these guys that are really off their rocker, a Benny Hinn, you know what I mean? And so I would say, if those are the brothers that are there, Tim Ross, Gary McIntosh, Robert Morris, praise God. They're going to do that process. They're going to do that process. And that's awesome. Now, in the meantime, the man jump out the window and say some wild stuff. I also have the freedom to react to it. And that's not me being negative. You're being so mean. Come on, man. As if Jesus never corrected people. As if there was never correction from Paul to Peter. As if there was this stuff wasn't happening. Stop it. Stop that. Oh, he makes me feel good. Therefore, you have no right to touch God's anointed. You've lost. That's that's a that's a complete L. Doctrine matters. Doctrine matters. It's not the only thing that matters. You should know how to reach people and contextualize the gospel. All that stuff matters too, but doctrine doesn't matter. I'll be honest with you guys. I've received things from people who 
I was defensive towards, and it's been one of the best things that's helped me as a communicator and as a YouTuber and just as a man of God. This is what leaders and mature people do. They can hear the correction, not of someone that's dunking on him, and be able to eat the chicken, spit out the bone, and say, hey, maybe this person's onto something. But it doesn't mean I'm done and I need to, like, how do I self-correct and how do I, how do I adjust what I'm doing now? And maybe he's doing that. Maybe, maybe he's processing this and doing that. Yes, every pastor has to quote every, yes, yes, yes. Drop a one if you think a pastor needs to be able to quote scriptures in context. It is not that difficult to pull up the scripture, read the context before, read the context after, to go through the passages, to pull up the Greek. That is not a difficult requirement. What are we talking about? Yes, you got to read the chapter. You got to read the verse before. You got to read the verse after. You need to go to the Greek and the Hebrew just to know what we're, what we're exegesing. Yes. You, did, you didn't move the goalposts to that one. We ain't got to quote the scripture right all the time. Yeah, you got to score all the time. And when you butcher it, you got to come back to the pulpit the next day and go, yeah, my bad. I blew it. I was wrong. And by the way, if he if he dropped the ball here and there and he came in next week and said, my bad, yo, guys, you know what? I, I was off. I said something. I, had, I, I felt like the spirit was speaking to me through this verse, but I kind of, ugh. you know what I mean? Now, once has there been a time where he said, I know I said all ambition. I know, I, right? Not once has that been. And I'm being generous to him because I believe the best about him. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not assuming his motives. I've never called him a wolf. I've never called him a false prophet. None of that. Yes, every time. And when we blow it, what do we do? Can we all agree? Can we all agree that even if it's not every time, then the times it isn't done, we come back and we clean it up. Can we agree? Yes, calling your own foul. Come on. Call your own foul. My bad. I, I, I am not so fragile that I can't be corrected, that I can't say I'm wrong. My bad, guys. Forgive me. I dropped the ball in this area. Yes, I've, I've walked through it recently because there was 100 videos made about me. And you know what? They were right. I was wrong. Accountability is big. I'm going to send you to Ruslan getting riled up. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's also content. Like, it's also, I know you guys are enjoying your content. It's funny. I was, K-Dub, I was doing this video as a, as a, as a, yeah, Kato was halfway right, but like here's some more context. I disagree, and this is, and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm believing the best. That's what the point of the video was. The chat turned into, ah, you're hating and being negative, which I don't think this was a negative video, personally. There was no attacks on his character. There was no attacks on his appearance. There was no attacks um, on anything superficial. There was only acknowledging that he did the right thing here. In, in acknowledging that he's misquoted the Bible and he wasn't qualified when he planted his church. I thought it was a very fair, fair video. Hey, this clip is from our daily after-party stream. If you enjoyed it, consider signing up for our Patreon community for only $5 a month where you get access to the replays of our daily after-party streams as well as the uncut extended versions of our podcast, Discord access that's private, and a discount code for our merch store, only $5 a month. And ultimately, it's the best way to help us contextualize the gospel of Jesus using media, podcasting, and of course, YouTube. The link for that is in the description or in the pinned comment. We really want to get you on Patreon. I promise you, the perks are amazing. You should get on there. It's only $5 a month. I'll see you over there, all right? Peace.